Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Josh Jenkins uh, sitting in the chair for today. We're going to chat now. We're going to chat some AFL now because, of course, we've got the draft happening last night, tonight, and the rookie draft tomorrow. But Andrew Gaze is here early. I said he used to get here at 2.54. He's here early for prep. Look at him. He's ready to rock and roll too. Unmissable radio, 3 till 6. Well, 3 till 5.30, I think, these days. They can't do the full three hours, those boys. Uh, keen to chat to Brenton Sanderson, former senior coach of the Adelaide Crows. He once said to me, I was out of form. He said, I've got two options, Josh. He, won't, he probably won't remember this because senior coaches have a lot to uh, think about. You can either go to fullback or the sandful. And I said, I'll, I think I'll have a crack down back. It didn't go well. Had a few kicked on me and uh, the rest is history. But Brenton Sanderson's now an AFL Nation footy expert, former coach uh, as I mentioned, and he joins us on the show. Sando, welcome. How are you, JJ? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, this time of year, we're going to get to the tactical sub, as it's being referred to in a moment. I'm just interested, as a senior coach, you, you spend, or a coaching group, you spend a lot of time planning for a preseason. People wouldn't probably understand and even be able to get their head around how much time you spend planning for a whole preseason. Every hour of every day is planned for. But what's the back and forth like with fitness coaches? Often you know, you'll be doing drills and you'll see if a person from the public was going to uh, watch training. You might see the fitness coach sort of have the whistle and the stopwatch and be in charge. What's it like trying to have that back and forth with the physical conditioning but also getting the appropriate amount of you know, tactical and footy skill in? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point, JJ. Well, first of all, on, on, on selection, I mean, mo- most weeks you've sort of got 15 players, maybe maybe even more that you just like you sort of write their names down in pen every week. You know they're going to play every week, but mm. normally at match committee you sort of spend most of your time sort of debating those last couple of slots. And I know with um, obviously the and then you sort of got those last two or three positions on the interchange. And then obviously you talked about the medical sub, and you know the AFL have made a change with that. But but then yeah, sort of pre pre season, I don't know JJ. You sort of and you, I mean you're sort of fresh out of the game. I think. I think, you know, players come back really determined this time of year to, you know, obviously get their fitness up and um, improve their skill level and make sure they're ready for the start of the, the 2023 campaign. But it can be a really long pre-season if you have the players, you know, sort of up too early. So I think some fresh voices um, from the coaches or the fitness staff, you know, like, like definitely a variety of training. Um, otherwise, you get to sort of mid-season, sort of that June-July period where we know, here in Melbourne in particular, it gets really wet and cold and your body's sore and, you know, sort of get that sort of emotional fatigue as well. Mm. So it's a real delicate balancing act when you come to planning pre-season and sort of how much work you do um, with the footies and how much you sort of spend getting the boys stronger and fitter. 
you, you alluded to the to the sub rule, and you know previously or last year it was a concussion sub or an injury sub. Yep. Really, yep. Uh, we saw it in its form as a tactical sub before that, and it was abolished in 2015. When you used it, what sort of things went through your mind? You know, you got so many things happening—the game, the score, and everything. How the game's played, and then you think, "Well, oh, we've got this extra player we can use if we want yeah. to." How 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 did you manage? You know, the use of subbing a player in, and also you know having to remove a player from the game as well. Yeah, well, the coaches obviously don't like it, JJ, because it, it does, like you said, distract from I guess the strategy of the game, and um, um, you do spend hours and hours sort of debating who is the best player obviously to be that sub I mean when it was the tactical sub um, you typically would use it um, and you, you you would sort of plan for the worst case scenario um, and obviously back when I coached Adelaide the worst case scenario for us um, was if Sam Jacobs got injured our ruckman because mm. and I think with most clubs if you if, if you lose your number one ruck um, very rarely would you have a ruckman as the sub so you can't just do that one for one swap when it comes to the when it, when it comes to the sub. And if, if you do lose a ruck, typically you play with a second ruck or a key forward who goes into the ruck, but that just throws out your system altogether because you, you obviously lose a little bit in the centre bounce and around the ground with your sort of ruck craft. But then obviously you take one of your one of your most important players out of the forward line structure as well. So it is it is a nasty headache to have. I, I, I'm not sure what the rationale is this year with then getting rid of the medical sub to then just have a tactical sub. I don't think the fans like it. I don't think the, I, I know the coaches don't like it, and the players, JJ. They, I mm. mean, players hate being a sub, don't they? I mean, it's one of those things where you're sort of in the team, but you're not in the team. And yeah. um, I know that the, the AFL has a, that sort of headache around how to do match payments because obviously the player gets stripped and gets dressed and ready to ready to play, and then quite quite often he doesn't play. Um, um, and then has to get a match payment for sort of not even taking the field, and then of course. You think about a grand final, should the player who yeah, didn't take yep. the field, um, should he get a premiership medallion? You know, that's, 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 the, that's the other de- debate, which I think happened um, two years ago when Melbourne won the flag. So it is a little bit messy for mine. I think, I think um, and I'm, I, I still don't like it. You know, I, I, I personally, and I know I've read a little bit of commentary on this over the last sort of 24 hours, I just think maybe just the five on the bench. I think that's probably the most logical way to do it. And yes, if a player... And I, I really applaud the AFL. I think it's fantastic how much um, work they're doing behind the scenes to ensure we get this concussion um, protocols right. And, you know, the 12 days mandatory, um, um, you know, like missing from yep. any, any sort of competitive footy work, I think is a really smart one. You know, I, I was the victim of a couple of nasty concussions when I played. And, you know, at, at the time when you're young, you, you sort of just want to play. And so I think, I think that's a really smart one. But, yeah, I mean... If, if you lost a player with injury and then, you know, you had a play, you know, potentially missed a player with the concussion protocols and you're down to maybe three on the bench, um, I don't think it's a significant disadvantage with a team that's already got five, especially especially if we still have that, that interchange cap, if it's, if it's 80 or 70 or 60, whatever it is. I, think, I don't think there's too much of a disadvantage with just having five on the bench, but... I mean, where do we stop? Do we go to six or seven? Or mm, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure how we, how we solve it without, without having, you know, um, more sort of problems to deal with. The, the other issue for a, for a sub, and you are spot on. The only thing worse than being the sub is being the player subbed off. Um, and yeah. I never <laughs> yeah. wore, I never wore the green vest, but I wore the red vest a couple of times. 
Um, yeah. What? What? Yep. What? The other issue is what you do with that player who wears the green vest the whole game and doesn't play. You miss. You might. You yep. might miss your, your 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 reserves footy, and you're not able to put your name forward there. And then it's very hard for you as a coach to to confidently pick that player the following week as well, isn't it? Because they just haven't played any footy. Yep. So you've got no exposed form for that player. So that player can really suffer from being the sub. Yeah. Well, JJ, I just sort of was thinking about it before. Like, like what about, because you've always got three emergencies at the game, right? So the uh, a side names 22 players plus three emergencies who, who are in the rooms up until about a minute before they bounce the ball. Mm. Um, sort of ready to be called upon. If those players are already at the game, why not just have them as sort of your... I mean, they can still be ready to go. And then potentially you've got four players who are on an interchange. And then if you do get a concussion or an injury or a couple of concussions, you know, potentially you've got three players sitting there to sort of call upon. A little bit like, I know, sort of soccer, you can only have, I think it was three, now it's five substitutes only. But they have like 10 players on the bench, you know? So they, they, they can sort of pick who they want if a player's injured or, um, you know, tactically or whatever it is. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I know, I know that would that would upset, though, the AFL because you'd have to pay then three extra players, like mm. a match payment. And, you know, we know, we know um, how we've got to make sure that we're, you know, looking after the finances of the game as well. But I don't know. It just it seems quite messy. I've, I've actually written in my notebook here, like, all these different ways to do it. You know, five on the bench, yep. four on the bench with three emergencies, um, I, I, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure what what is the answer. And um, like you said, JJ, there's nothing worse than getting subbed off. Um, but um, I know I know the medical sub didn't work. I know back in round seven this year, um, there was 14 players that were subbed out um, of games for medical reasons. Now that was originally thought that they would not play the following week, but back in round seven, when 14 players were subbed out, all of those players played the following week. So. I can sort of see why the AFL has made that decision to not call it the medical sub anymore and sort of change it to a tactical sub. But, but yeah, it'll be interesting and it's going to it's going to cause a lot of headaches how how clubs are going to sort of use that and who the sub will be. But I, I just think the game's becoming more and more um, suited to those utility type players. You know, the ones that can play a variety of roles. Yes. Those sort of one eighty five or one eighty eight potentially. Um, to 192 centimetre players that can play um, a variety of roles, whether it's midfield or wing or can float across half forward or come on and play sort of half back. Um, I, I think the game's becoming more and more suited to those sort of utility types um, more than ever. I agree. Um, now, you won't have to worry about the uh, subs and those types of things in your coaching duties this year. You're coaching the Baldwin Tigers pre-season Underway, the, the the local footy clubs seem to start pre-season before the uh, the AFL club. So, are you guys uh, in action already? Yeah, we are, JJ. We started last week. We're having a great time, mate. We're um we're out there at Baldwin Oval um on Mondays and Wednesday nights at the moment, just having a bit of a kick and a catch and a run around. But yeah, we had fifty eight players on the track on our first night, so wow. uh, we've got a we've got a we've got a great <laughs> a great energy there at the moment, and um, yeah, it's. Obviously, um, the community aspect of, of footy is fantastic. You know, the, the boys getting together and having a run around. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really good time of the year. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a great job at Mentone Grammar next year. I'm the director of sports starting in January. So I've, I'm going to have a busy year coaching mm. ball and also, um, and also working down at Mentone Grammar. It's going to be fantastic. Well, congrats on that. Good luck with Baldwin. And we'll hear you here across the season on AFL Nation. Brenton Sanderson, thanks for joining us. No worries, JJ. 
Plenty more on SEN after this.